Okay, hey everyone, welcome to the Crazy Cyber Tan podcast. Today you're joined by me, your host, Muhammad, and co-hosts, Jamie and Harry. And a special guest for today, Paul Curry, former Irish footballer. Hey, Paul. Hey, guys, how are you? We're Grant, good. Grant, how are you? We're good, yeah, we're Thanks good. Thanks for having me you? on. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a nice chilled weekend. I'm been watching a bit of football over the weekend and, and keeping myself up to speed with what's going on in the Premier League. So nice, chilled, relaxed day. But thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's... Uh, no problem. No problem. I, I was watching the Barcelona <laughs> match the other night. It was, uh, it was pretty entertaining. I, I, I was only looking through the highlights of it. it was, I liked it. Yeah. No one's doing Premier League. <laughs> it's sure. not Premier League. It's not. Like, yeah, it was, no. it was a good game. It was the one against Seville in the, in the Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, they managed to scrape through. So, I mean, they started the season quite slow, but it's looking like they're kind of getting their their, yeah. their act together. I know they've got a difficult game against Paris Saint-Germain, but yeah, no, it's a good game to to tune into. Yeah, that was a pretty, it's pretty questionable game versus uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, at best. Yeah. yeah, I think they play again during the week, so it'll be interesting to see. I know, I think they're four-one down, so you would imagine that tie is dead and buried, but. I think with Messi involved, yeah. you never know. Yeah, but with Kylian Mbappe, his future is looking very bright at the moment, in my eyes, at least. Um, what do you think, Paul? Yeah, I mean, you, you don't even need to talk about his future. I think, given the fact what he's already achieved in his in his kind of short career already to date, like he's already won a World Cup and he's already France's main man and Paris Saint-Germain's main man, so. Um, of course, he's going to have a, a massive future in the game. Whether or not he's going to be able to to replicate what Messi and Ronaldo has done is is hard to it's hard to predict. But he's he's definitely yeah. somebody over the next couple of years who I think you're going to see playing at the at the very very top. Um, and it'd yeah, be interesting to see you know if he ever comes to the Premier League and how he would get on how he would get on there. He's joining the Liverpool, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, another thing we should be talking about is Messi and Ronaldo and if their time is up um, I mean in my opinion here just just out of the blue in my opinion Ronaldo's kind of he's, he's doing fine I think so is Messi I, I don't think their time's going anywhere near over honestly yeah yeah. that's just my opinion though mm, I, th- I think with Messi you're, you're probably looking at him playing in a team that isn't the same sort of caliber, same sort of quality that they had five years ago when they were they were really uh, at the at the pinnacle of European football, and even ten years ago when when the likes of Pep Guardiola was there, they're not the same force anymore. So it's it is with, with football. Sometimes you're only as good as the players that you have around you, and he definitely doesn't have the same quality. But I was watching them last night. Messi is still the top scorer in La Liga. Yeah, uh, he's still producing on a weekly yeah. basis. He's without doubt in my eyes anyway the the best player in the world and the best player that I've ever seen play the game. So I I would be with you on that one. I think he's still got a, a number of years to to offer to whichever club he he'll be sixty yeah, yeah to whatever club he plays at. And similarly with Ronaldo, like the, what these guys have done to to replicate and to perform at that level for five, ten, fifteen years. That's that's the hard part. It's easy to do it for one year or for two years. To be able to do it year in, year out and have the motivation to keep pushing yourself is incredible. So the fact that they're still doing it even now is, is a credit to themselves. And I don't see that 
you know, as, as long as they're able to stay injury free, I, I, I can't see them slipping down the pecking order of, of top players within Europe. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I fully agree there. I agree as well. They definitely have made name for themselves definitely over the last two decades. Who do you guys um, prefer? Ronaldo or Ronaldo. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question everybody... It, it, no, it is quite a Paul. debatable question. <laughs> We're asking the questions, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to start any arguments between you three. I, I, I probably agree with you, Paul, and I'd probably say Messi. Uh, in my opinion, I'm, I'm more of a Ronaldo. <laughs> more of a Ronaldo guy. Get out of the car, get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's, it's, I, I just always... Uh, Harry knows uh, I just always like him. I'm, I'm not too sure why. I've always liked the way he plays the game. Yeah. He definitely brings that momentum yeah, to it. He does. Um, same yeah. with Like, after the PSG game 6-1 back in 2017, you've seen how much emotion was going through his body after, like, the last-minute goal jumped into the crowd literally um, yeah. celebrating and then but there was no need to do that because after that they were knocked out by Juventus <laughs> and they literally had no hope in that match I don't think um, but yeah I, I think after Messi or Ronaldo leaves football the world would be different and people say it's covered by Haaland or Mbappe but I don't think football will be the be the same after them two are gone yeah, I'd probably agree with you yeah. uh, I think it's it's going to be very hard for for anybody to, to step up to that level and the beauty of it is is that you had Messi and Ronaldo competing both at the same time and they probably pushed each other on to reach new levels and hit new heights and score as many goals as they did and maybe if they didn't have one another around they might not have, have been as successful as they were but to expect a Hollander and Mbappe to get to, to what Ronaldo and Messi have done is, is probably a bit too much to ask. Uh, yeah. You know, they're their own players. They they probably bring something different. You know, Mbappe's lightning quick and Haaland is super strong and, and a thread in behind as well. So they'll bring their own flavour and they'll bring their own style to the game. Um, I think to ask anybody, but not just those two, to be able to do what Messi or Ronaldo's done is, is asking. It's almost like an impossible task. Yeah, that is that is true. Yep. So um, now I wanted to go on to talk about um, your career, Paul, and uh, what you've, uh, who you've played for, and what you've done in uh, your football career. Yeah, so my, my career was was too short, I guess, to begin with. Um, I started off at UCD and I, I played in the League of Ireland Premier Division for for three years, and from there, then I signed with Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship. So. I spent three years there. Uh, I then left and I joined Northampton Town, who were being managed by Chris Wilder, the Sheffield United boss. And while I was there, I, I had a career ending in knee injury, which which forced me into retirement. So uh, I was out for 18 months with that. You know, you hear people speaking about Van Dyke and his ACL. Mine was, was probably twice yeah. as bad as that. Um, and I have the scars to prove it. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to, to return to playing. So... That in a in a very short sentence is, is kind of where my career went to. I, I got to share a dressing room with, with players who've gone on to do really well, the likes of a uh, Mikhail Antonio who plays for West Ham and I, I played midfield at Ross Barkley who is now at Aston Villa on loan from Chelsea. Um and we, we played against we played against Man City in the FA Cup, we played against Leeds. Um, you know, good experiences and a good insight into what it's like at the at the very top of of elite football, and 
Um, I wish I, I had more years spent there and I, I wish maybe I wasn't as unlucky as I was, but when I'm able to now sit back and reflect, you guys probably think I'm old, I'm 30, but I'm still young. I should still be playing. But when I, I'm able to sit back and reflect on a Saturday or Sunday, I, I get to look at what I what it is I was able to achieve and and where my career went to. So yeah, no, good, good, positive memories yeah. and uh, uh, a career cut short and too soon, but it's still something that I look back on fondly. Yeah, I agree. Your career it was definitely something you you should look back at very fondly. It was uh, short lived, sadly, but it was it was definitely something to be very very proud of. Well, let's look on the bright side. You played some for you played for some really good teams like Northampton Wanderers, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Shamrock Rovers, mm, and UCD. Yeah. Those are some top clubs, right? Like straight off the bat, I'm only after naming four of them. And pretty sure you went on loan to Tramier Rovers and yeah, Carse United. Yeah, I did, I did. yeah, so like Sheffield Wednesday, you guys are maybe a bit too young to remember, but they would have been in the Premier League in the in the uh, mid to late nineties, and they would have a massive following. So, um, you know, my my league debut was against Leeds, and there was thirty five thousand people there. So, massive crowds yeah. and massive following. And Hillsborough, <laughs> Hillsborough's uh, stadium steeped it. Massive history. The old FA Cup semi finals used to be there. And unfortunately, it was where the Hillsborough disaster took place. But when you when you kind of go beyond that, the, the stadium and the city and the football club is steeped in history. So they are a huge club uh, and probably one of the biggest clubs in the championship. So to be have the opportunity to play for them and to play in front of their fans was something special. Yeah, 35,000 is is enough. I wouldn't even go onto the pitch. I just look at everything and go, nope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and there's too many, too many here. Uh, <laughs> I'm used to one or two. Um, but definitely, like, you have left trademarks behind, like, 100%. Yeah, uh, listen, it's it's nice for, uh, for my family and my friends and the people that I'm very close with that, you know, they remember those days and they, they were there and they were around for... For those memories and the, my league debut against Leeds was live on Sky Sports so I'm able to see that recording back and I'm able to look back on that with fond memories so um, yeah it's it's nice and it's it's nice to have been able to reflect of, of when I was a young boy and when I was a, a kid my dream was always to play professional football at an elite level and that's what I, I managed to do so to be able to sit here and say I was able to do that and I accomplished a lot of what I set out when I was five, six, seven, eight years of age, that's something that is, is nice to look back on and it's, it's nice to relive those moments with the people who are close to you. Yeah, I I think that is a really great way to describe uh, like all the memories. You blew that one out of the water. <laughs> yeah. it, honestly, in my opinion, like back when I was smaller, I was, I was always into like, I was really, really into football. It was big thing it was like me and Jamie we were always like playing football together um, it was always something about football and until recently I've I've always been uh, following up on football I wanted to play for a team I wanted to do something new but uh, no yeah listen every everybody everybody has their levels and um, you know people have have different kind of starting points in their career and I think the most important thing irrespective of whether you're playing with your local team 
whether you're not whether you're playing in, in the Premier League or the Championship or in the Irish League, the most important thing is that you're enjoying it. And I always found that the more you're enjoying it, the better it went for you. So whether that's uh, teenagers or kids starting off with their first club or whether it's people who are trying to push and make a career, the most important part for me is that you have fun. I think as long as you're having fun, it's a, it's a really great sport and it's a really great place to be. Yeah, as the saying goes, I mean, as long as you're having fun, you're not working a day in your life. So, yeah. to be honest, that that is probably how it is. It so. is, yeah. And you you can't you can't be blinded by the fact that elite sports comes with a lot, a lot of pressure, um, and that's from both the playing and from the management and the pressure of the fans and the expectations of of the club that is that is yeah, difficult they always, that's probably yeah the they part. always raise their expectations yeah that's probably the always part that, that, that people don't see so it is it's it's a great career and it's it's fun but it's also difficult it's you know like many jobs and I'm, I'm aware that it's very well paid but it is there's a an expectation that you live your life in a super professional way and there's the pressure of the fans and the pressure of the club so um yeah, it can be difficult, but at the same time, it's a great place and it's a great sport to be involved in. Yeah, it's a, it's honestly one of the, it's, I think it is the biggest sport in in the world, and that's something that makes it special, in my opinion. It, it's because you can uh, talk to someone from literally halfway across the globe, and they'd be like, oh yeah. Uh, I, I play football or I know someone who plays football yeah 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 and everybody seems to have a club and it tends to be in the Premier League so it is the most participated sport and it's the most followed sport in the world and you're right there's there's commonalities that you can have with people in in Asia in South America in North America and you speak about the Premier League and they will they will they will know what you're talking about and you'll be able to have a conversation um, and it's it's hugely competitive then from a playing side because you're competing against all these different regions and countries, and there's everybody's competing for the same the same prize, and everybody wants to get to the very top. So that brings about its own challenges too. Yeah, football kind of brings um, it kind of brings all the uh, fans of uh, of like one team like, together, or if you're if you live in a country. Or you're from that country, you would usually go for their team, and it would kind of bring you and many others together to cheer for that team. Yeah, of course. And I, I, any countries I've ever been in, there's always been a a local club. And if you were to move city and, and go live in another country in the morning, you'd be able to at least stay connected to, to football and to the sports. And um, there's a great community all around the world. That's that follow the game and that will always want to be associated with the game. So, you know, you, you can, with the way TV is now, you can tune into many different leagues and you can see the passion of fans, irrespective of where you are in the world. So, like you mentioned, it, it is that kind of uh, connection and it's it's that piece of the jigsaw that brings everybody together. Yeah, I think one of the biggest ways this is shown is through the World Cup because it is consistent of nearly every single country trying to compete to get into this uh, this cup and uh, and the rest trying to fight their way up to be able to be able to grasp that golden cup in the name of their country 
I, I find that very, I think, awesome would be the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always a great time of year when the World Cup comes around and you, uh, you, you know, particularly if Ireland are involved and one of my fondest memories is Ireland playing in 2002 World Cup and being a, a young boy and and uh, kind of having your dreams of how far Ireland can go and you're right that you do see that whole sense of community of, of many different people and many different races and um, countries and cultures coming together for that for that one month or six weeks every four years and the whole world goes football crazy and football mad and you're right that is probably the best example of of seeing uh, football and the power that it has um, in full full flow. Okay, so I th- I think we've covered everything I've really wanted to cover for today. So I want to go on to something like really fun, something uh, I th- I think Harry can, <laughs> can tune in <into laughs> as well. Yeah. Where's he gone? <laughs> it hasn't really been. Uh, it hasn't really been uh, very tuned in. Today. <laughs> I guess would be a good way to put it. Sports, not, uh, sports not his biggest. <laughs> maybe let's talk about like if you're like TV shows or movies or something. Something, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Along those lines. I had yeah. questions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so you signed your first professional contract with UCD, I think. Was it? I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, what was it like um, when you first signed it? Like, how did it feel? Yeah. yeah, it's a very, very good question because you play, you play your whole life for the enjoyment, um, and and you're playing with with friends and and albeit I was playing at a a high level of schoolboy football. When you when you start to get paid for what it is you're doing, it it, it comes about with pressure. So I guess how did it feel initially? Yeah, it was it was great. It was. It was taking the next step in 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 my career and, and progression to becoming a, a, a paid professional. So that was nice, but also then it, it raises the intensity and the severity of what it is that is expected of you, whereby you now need to start living more professional. You need to start eating more professional. You need to start recovering like a top pro. So it was brilliant, um, but it was also probably the light switch moment where it flicked on and said, okay, now this is a career that you really need to go after. And if you want to be successful, then you need to start doing the the, the right things on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, that's probably, if I can summarize it into, into two kind of senses, it was one, it was, it was brilliant and it was exciting. And also with that came, came new pressures. That's a great. Good answer. You definitely answered that one anyway. Um, another question um, at the start of your career, did you think that you go to the very, very top? Like, did you think that you would play for your childhood childhood team, also known as Chelsea? Um, or getting around that, like in around the Premier League, even? Yeah, I knew I had talent. Um, I knew I had talent from a young age, and I knew that I had the motivation and the work ethic to get myself as far as I possibly could. And I, I think that that is a lesson probably for life as well as that if you want something yes you can have an, an, an element of talent but you need to work hard so I probably knew I had two of the key ingredients to try be successful did I think I had what it took to, to play in the Premier League uh, with with the top four team like Chelsea I probably felt I, I, I fell a bit short of that 
Um, I knew I, I had talents that would be able to compete to a certain level, but I probably never felt at a young age anyway that I, I was going to make it to a top four team. Um, now, when you speak about how many people played the game and, and how wildly played it is around all countries around the, around the whole world, you're talking about probably 0.001% of the playing population of the world playing in the top four. So just because I said I wasn't able to play at that level, I still knew that I was in that top bracket anyway of being able to make it to high-end championship or lower-end Premier League. But to get to Chelsea's level, you need to be really, really special. Well, uh, looking back at the Chelsea managers, you don't need to just pick random people. Um, <laughs> um, another question. You do RTE on after or during games. Um, what made you decide to join them in the studio? Yeah, so my career was, was cut short quite quickly. And I always wanted to continue to play and I wanted to get as much out of it as I possibly could. So... The, op- the opportunity within the media kind of came about indirectly. Uh, they approached me and asked me would I be interested in doing a couple of podcasts or doing... Um, I wrote on online, I wrote some pieces on the League of Ireland. So that sort of naturally just materialised um, once I finished playing the game. And I'm, I'm extremely grateful to the likes of RTE and Air Sport who have at least allowed me to stay connected into the game. Um, and I love the game I'm very passionate about it I like talking about it I like dissecting it like a almost like a mathematical equation where you're able to see trends and you're able to see um, I guess strengths and weaknesses on on any given game and I enjoy that so the fact that I'm able to do that while speaking to say national audiences is is a privilege so I'm lucky that that came about the reasoning behind it is, is simply because I I I love the game. I want to stay connected to it in any way I can. And I just see that as probably a really nice connection between the end of my career and then staying connected into the game. Definitely answered that one as well. Good. <laughs> out of all your titles that you have previously won, what title sparks out to you the most? Um, I mean, I, I would have won a lot when I was at schoolboy here in, in Ireland. And the All-Ireland competition was always a big one where every club is entered into the one competition and at your age group. And I was lucky that I won that twice when I was at Belvedere. And that was something that was was really special to me because I was doing it with people who I would have considered friends and also my family were very closely connected to the club. But then in senior football, <clears throat> like you, you don't get to you don't get to be involved in too many winning sides or winning titles and I was lucky I won the first division at UCD and I won League 2 at Northampton Town so I wouldn't say that one is better than the other I think always being involved in a winning journey is is special because you get to share that feeling of of winning as a team and that success as a team so um, I'm proud of both I'm also very proud of of what I achieved in schoolboy football so I, I don't tend to think one is any better than the other because I, I just reflect of different experiences with different people at different moments in my life so I guess I'm lucky that I was able to be successful while playing you got that one as well good as well <laughs> um, out of your previous teams pick a five-a-side team out of any of the teams that you played for one of your teammates like someone from UCD someone from Shamrock Rovers Northampton Wanderers 
or anyone? Just, just that's a very good question. Um, right, let me work this one out for you. I'll go one from UCD, one from Shamrock Rovers, one from Sheffield Wednesday, and one from. I'll, I'll take two from Sheffield Wednesday and I'll take one from Northampton. So, from UCD, um, bup, 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 probably go with Robbie Benson. Robbie Benson went on to Dundalk and he's now at Pats and he played in the Champions League qualifiers and he won many cups at Dundalk. I'll probably go with him from Sheffield Wednesday. I'd probably pick Mikhail Antonio and Ross Barkley. Uh, when I was at Northampton, I played with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's now at Everson. So there's one, two, three, four. And then from Shamrock Rovers, I'm going to need a goalkeeper. So I will take uh, Alan Manis, who's the goalkeeper there now. So if Alan Manis, if Dominic Calvert-Lewin, if Mikhail Antonio, Ross Barkley and Robbie Benson. That is definitely definitely one of a really good team. Um, <laughs> never knew that you played with Ross Barkley, though. Um I guess you learn something new every day um, so yeah that's all my questions there and you nailed them straight in the head so uh, thank you no problem and back to you Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, finally let's get Harry someone Whoa. maybe possibly into the conversation uh, he's back uh, so you know let's talk about something I don't know movies uh, music TV shows Things like that. Like, have you guys been following any any artists, any uh, TV shows recently? Anything Whoa. like that? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street is always is a big one for me that I like. Um, <laughs> I've never actually yeah, seen it's, it. It's it's one of my favorites. I also like. What did I watch recently? I watched Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks. Uh, a good movie and then the series wise recently I watched the Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix which is really good The Last Dance if you haven't seen it you should watch it and then artist wise I like I like a bit of everything I like a bit of Drake I like a bit of Mumford and Sons I like a bit of The Killers which would be a little older I like U2 I like Coldplay so I've got a flavour for all, all different types of music For me, my type of music would mostly be consistent of uh, mostly rap, maybe a bit of uh, a bit of pop. Are you, maybe here are you going to rap us a few mostly... lines? <laughs> no, that would be uh, <laughs> that would be Come impossible on. for me. Leakage, my just spit, just, yeah, just spit for... one or two lines out there. Top tier. <laughs> You're being put on the spot on your own <laughs> podcast. How does this feel? <laughs> Crap. I have to go. Oh, look, I think it's going to be happening. Maybe, maybe next time. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be on the. I, I, 100%. It's <laughs> definitely going to happen. Yeah. Paul, Paul will promote you. Yeah, I'll, put you I'll put you on my Twitter. <laughs> Don't oh, yeah. make fun of him. Just follow him, please. <laughs> he's, he's desperate. Help him. <laughs> uh, uh, All right. <laughs> so it's been very, very nice having you on, Paul. Yeah. It's honestly probably the best episode so far. No thank you guys. so much. Well, you have to thank you because uh, I, 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 I take full credit. I found Paul. I have to. <laughs> I had to go to Tree Con to find him. 
Paul, you're welcome for coming on the podcast, and you're welcome too, <laughs> Mohammed, because I found him. Okay, <laughs> I'm taking full credit for this episode. Okay, thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Harry. Okay, James takes full no credit. No problem, guys. Yeah, Harry, you said nothing. <laughs> oh, hey, podcast. Harry. <laughs> Harry, you said nothing the whole podcast, so I'm taking full credit for everything. I was listening um, though. <laughs> oh God. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, thanks again, Paul. It's genuinely been very 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 nice no problem guys uh, hopefully we keep questions amazingly yeah. all right so thanks for listening guys and we'll talk to you guys uh next episode